0: So I just listened to the audio of what I just recorded with Griffin. I just want to apologize if I sound like there's an echo. You know, after two years of doing this podcast, you think I would have the settings perfectly good. But sometimes my daughter likes to play with buttons, and I don't really notice them when, I mix, when I'm on my mixer. So I apologize. Um, hope you enjoy this episode. is up guys this is rob this is the couch on fire podcast and today we have ourselves a banger of an episode um get my good friend griffin on here you know it's been a while since i had um i guess even griffin um so we just sit back and we talk about some pretty interesting things going on in our lives right now it is a real tough world that we're in so i hope you enjoyed this episode and uh yeah let me um let me bring Griffin in.
1: Yeah, let's go for
0: it. Well, welcome, Griffin. How are you?
1: Hey, what up, bitch?
0: <laughs> what up, bitch? Is that like, that's the thing. Every time you come on now, that's...
1: It's, a, it's a term of endearment. Oh, know?
0: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't just go walking up to a random motherfucker on the street and say, hey, asshole, you know, what's going on? Just slap him across the face, you know, grab his daughter's ass. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. be comfortable with somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: I never understood all this all this nonsense about like people get on my ass all the time about my custom, which I understand. You know, I'm a vulgar motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I, I run my mouth. Yeah. You know, I got I got a bit of that sewer mouth. That's all right. But all these folks that I met, all these decent people, you know, people <laughs> they'd like cross the country to give you the shirt off their back, they cuss like a fucking storm, man. Well I think I feel like you you just get your violence out, get your anger and your rage out just by like these these little tingly little words it's like little peppercorns on the tip of your tongue well i
0: think you know? i think so you're you're you were born in north carolina you live in charlotte you were pretty much raised in the charlotte area And the charlotte area north carolina is a melting pot everybody from everywhere is there so and and i agree with you 100 percent. everybody cusses so you just kind of got exposed to it so that's why you you know you cuss like a sailor you cuss like you're from jersey
1: yeah that's the problem we got, a lot, we got a lot a lot of yankees come on down here and you know they all cuss about as much as i do and the old-timey country folks my kin you know my people they get very upset and offended by it because everybody it feels like everybody's stuck in the 1800s in the worst possible way where they're just like they're very proper and they're very i don't know why the fuck they're british now but they're very proper like they don't like you using certain words like mm-hmm. I'm country as hell, and people get on me all the time about using contractions and shit. Like using ain't instead of is not. It's like, that's too many fucking syllables, man. I talk to people all fucking day. That's my job, is yeah. to talk to people. I'm going to take shortcuts. I get tired of talking to everybody like I'm reading a fucking syllabus, you know?
0: <laughs> well, I think I think true country, like people that speak, like straight Southern, I think they cuss, but they cuss in their own way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, uh, you know, like slapping your mama. Kind of thing is like to to us Northerners up and your mama's like oh that's just a funny saying but it could be a huge insult down there in Louisiana who knows,
1: <laughs> I mean nobody knows about fucking Louisiana I mean, they are strange people but um, what threw me for a loop originally when I first got into all this Northerners all the Northern people I ever worked with all the other, all the Yankees I've ever worked with like they'll cuss like fucking sailors man they'll just they'll let it rip all the time but they'll never cuss at or about somebody else yeah like they'll say fuck this fuck that you know these stupid fucking pricks and stuff when they're talking to somebody they only ever if they're pissed off at them they'll refer to them as either jokers mopes clowns (laughs) it's fucking bizarre it's like just call them an asshole you know don't (laughs) Don't get fucking weird with it. Just speak your mind. Well, it's also
0: it's see, and this is where it gets uh, misconstrued. It's also a sense of like, um, and what is it called? Like a like a, you know, like if I wanted to say I love you instead of saying I love you, but like, you know what? You're a piece of shit, and just laugh afterwards. That just it's how you use it. Like so, so we'll give a good example. Okay, so when I worked in the meat department with you, like me and Sean, we would bicker back and forth. But there was there was some times where some of it was true, but then there was some times where it's like that's just how we that's just how people talk to each other, in some of the northern states, you know. So yeah, I mean, you know, I get it, and I'm sure some that's listeners awesome. get it.
1: Well, that's when he tells me about about how much he loves you know living in the South. Now he's like, yeah, these these fucking Yankees, I get so tired of them. It's like Sean, you're a Yankee. <laughs> But yeah, you, you fucking hicks, you know, you're too stupid to know how to be assholes. You know, oh, you try and it's cute, but it's almost like a, it's almost like a kid cussing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost adorable. i wondering... I was born and bred. When I was six years old, somebody came up to me and called me an asshole, and I didn't even do anything wrong. Oh well. Oh. <laughs> and this is, this is nothing new to me. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, y'all.
0: and then you realize that person was your teacher. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, anyway, so man quarantine life what are you doing i'm out you're working right
1: oh yeah i've been working for the past nine days and i finally got a day off and thank christ for that so i was about to just start flinging cleavers over the fucking well, counter i didn't care what they hit it,
0: it can't be still okay. busy it just can't be statistically like doesn't everyone own everything <laughs>
1: but now, like... no it's it's still very busy and the thing that i mean i don't mind the problem is i think i mentioned it before it's like a vicious cycle you know, the first person, they come in and they hoard everything, they wipe everything out. So everybody else comes in and they see empty shelves and they think, oh, shit. So next time when they come in and they see shit there, they're like, ooh, I better buy a lot of it in case it's not there next time. So then they hoard everything and it just yeah. the cycle continues. Yeah. So we wow. still sell out of ground beef every single day. Damn. Every single fucking day. But pork, chicken, beef, it's all relatively full most of the time. Yeah. The thing that really just kills me and pisses me off these days is uh, we got a lot of guys coming in every single day. Same guys coming in day in, day out, just getting one or two things. It's like, why the fuck are you here? You're not wearing a mask.
0: They have nothing to do. They have nothing to do.
1: But it's like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here risking my ass, you know, potentially getting sick, bringing home, infecting my family. Just because you're too much of a fucking idiot, one, to wear a mask, and another thing, just to fucking stay home. Yeah. You think I want to be cooped up in the house all day? I mean, yeah, kind of. I'm not really a social guy, but... I mean, fuck's sake, dude. It's not that bad. Just read a book or watch a movie or just jerk off. You know, do something.
0: <laughs> it gets old. I'm telling you, right now... Um, so, I'm unemployed. Um, So, last time we did a podcast, I was... I wasn't laid off yet, but I wasn't working. They closed my store... And, um, but I was still getting paid and then from that time to now the process is they just can't they furloughed me so they made me you know they, they fired everyone pretty much or just laid everyone off. So now I'm on unemployment so but here here's the thing that riddle me this this is the thing that's crazy so and the, my unemployment checks are more than what I made. Because you're getting additional six hundred dollars on top of a normal unemployment check right now because of the COVID nineteen. So it's like, why would I ever go back to work? Like I'm making I'm making like four grand a month now and that's more than what <laughs> like I was making
1: shit, boy. You know what I'm
0: saying? Like, I mean so it's like, man, and this is after taxes. So it it's just a little confusing. I know it's only for a short period of time, so you listeners out there don't get too wild up. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, so I'm unemployed, so for the last couple of weeks I have just been sitting at home watching benjin every netflix show that there is every hulu show that there is um and which brings me to what i wanted to ask you have you watched netflix recently
1: have you Are we about to talk about tiger king you damn right you know i'm
0: gonna uh, let me tell you a quick thing real fast i refuse to watch this so when it came out it came out around the same time everyone started getting sick and all this stuff and um, everybody started talking about it. And I was like, I refuse to watch this. This looks dumb. I, the memes don't make any sense to me. I, I didn't like it. I, I was like, I'm not going to watch this. I fought the good fight. But I'm at a point where I'm out of TV shows to watch. <laughs> you <have laughs> so, nothing else to watch. So, so my, Kristen and I, my wife, we sat down. And um, we in one day, <laughs> we watched the whole Tiger King thing. And I want to tell you this right now. If you follow me on social media, you saw me put this. This cannot be real. The writers of this show deserve an Emmy because this is not a real show. This, these people cannot be real. There's not people out like like this in the world. But before I get yeah, into I mean, it,
1: the dude's actually like the dude's actually in prison.
0: I know, I know. Well, before I get too much into it, have you seen it? <laughs> like I have, yeah. Watched,
1: okay. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my god!
0: All right, so spoilers for everyone because I'm, I'm going to talk about this yeah. for a couple seconds. Um. Thoughts? <laughs> like,
1: you know. I, I don't really know how to think about it. Um, I, it's it's sad and depressing, um, as far as spoilers go, that the only decent people in the entire documentary got fucked over, like Joe's entire staff. Oh yeah! You know, oh yeah! And, oh yeah! Like that one guy to... has no legs. What was his name? Now he's
0: working like on NASCAR <laughs> cars
1: yeah, and stuff. Yeah, he actually he seemed to turn out all right. Um, yeah. But the the saddest part of the whole documentary for me was the guy who looked like uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter, the long haired blonde dude. Uh huh.
0: Right? Oh, oh yeah, rest. yeah.
1: Last we see of him, he's just fucking like he's making burgers at a at a shitty looking little diner. Yeah. It's, I guess that's
0: terrible, man. You know, it's, it sucks. So, all right, for the people that have not seen Tiger King and that is listening to this because they just don't care, you should go watch it. Yeah. This, this is my arc of, of watching it. First episode, as soon as it ended, I looked over to my left and I looked at my wife and I said, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> like, this was the <laughs> dumbest, you know, because they have to introduce you to the whole Tiger King. So you get to hear his, you get to see his music videos. You get to see like what type of person he is, how he's like this gay um, zookeeper. And like, you're just sitting there like, this is not real. This is Jerry Springer made, the producers of Jerry Springer made this movie. Like this is this is what I was thinking. Then you watch episode two and it, it's st- it carries it on, but it actually pulls you in a little bit. Then I think what really got me pulled in the most um the well not the fact that the whole world loves this shit and i was like wow well, they have to love it for a reason um but the thing that really got me is so i live in myrtle beach south carolina 15 mm-hmm. I, I looked it up 15 minutes down the road is this big love like i have seven wives ride an elephant guy <laughs> like, that's in this not documentary dark, huh? yeah the, so there's this uh big cat I wouldn't say a zookeeper. He's a big cat lover. He owns his own safari. He has a doctorate in mystical science, which is basically Magic the Gathering. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! So that's what pulled me in. But this show, it was it was so dumb that it really it just makes you like want to know how this tra- this car
1: crash. There's like,
0: the news reporter of the show even said, like, it's so stupid, but you just want to keep watching. It's like a I'll car crash what all ends up, yeah, um the big question is, Griffin, do you think Carol Basket killed her first hu- or her second husband
1: i I think it's a possibility, but I'm not nearly as sure as everybody else. Um, it seemed like there was a lot that they left out yeah. of that documentary to to make it like to make the i guess the idea that she killed him a lot more likely, yeah. I mean, the fact that he has all this fucking money and nobody knows how he made this money and like even his own family, his first family, they're saying stuff like, you know, oh, he's just he's like really good with money. He just he makes all this money. You can't just fucking say that. (laughs) He was probably selling drugs. You know, that's that's Uh, a constant theme with all the other people in the show is that they're all either addicted to or selling drugs. Yeah. Like the guy who was like fucking Scarface you know? oh man the one that um,
0: <clears throat> we all have questions about because you you didn't get to see his actually you know you really get to know too much about that guy yeah I know what you're talking
1: about yeah I mean you can see like this this part where she says oh yeah he, uh, he had a plane and he would like fly it around but he never like he was always under the radar you know because he didn't have a license it's like bullshit he was <laughs> fucking selling drugs Come on down to good... Costa Rica and meet with a fucking like cartels or something that's a good theory
0: that's a good theory so i
1: think honest to god either she killed that dude is definitely dead either she killed him or the cartels did Uh but he is definitely fucking dead well and of course she's sketchy as shit like the the way she did it you know but well yeah i mean the the thing yeah
0: so the funny thing is in the very beginning of this documentary this this whole show before you watch it the very first 10 minutes is a film crew the producer's like, oh, we were filming these people that love snakes. And we met someone that loves, they're called big cats. And we were like, wow, this is pretty interesting. So let's follow this random person who loves big cats. That's all that they were t- supposed to do. And then out of nowhere, um, it became this, it just yeah, spiraled. It just, it just yeah. was fucking crazy. Yeah. So I think if they were going into the documentary trying to figure out who actually killed Carol Bastard's uh, husband—they would definitely know it's her. Um, but in—in in not well—in not her defense. I mean, this is pretty much the whole will thing that you just brought up. Yeah, that—that that honestly is like the nail in the coffin. Like the will, you know what? What will has ever said in case of disappearance? Give all my money to my wife. <laughs>
1: like, right. That was sketchy. Um, but honest to God, it seems a little callous to say. The world is better off without him because he seems like a huge piece of shit. Yeah, like even his loving family is like, oh, we still love him and everything like that. Like he ran out on you for a nineteen-year-old girl. Yeah, that was walking down the he street. Was like, he, <laughs> yeah, he was like in his forties, and he went after her, just wouldn't fucking leave her alone. Just kept driving yeah. by, driving by, get in the car, get in the car. She's like, no, no, no. It's like fine. Here, have this gun. You can point it at me. Just get in the car. And wow, like what the fuck <laughs> That's, you know, this, this, this guy's cool. <laughs> weird, like, this guy is
0: weird. <laughs> Every you know everyone's weird There's whole there's not one individual on that was on this show that wasn't fucked up like no,
1: honest to god the guy the the scarface guy
0: yeah oh okay was, yeah
1: he was pretty normal he was pretty like yeah
0: for a scarface guy yes completely like he ain't even admitted
1: oh, some people say i'm like scarface <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I might have cut the guy up a little bit, you know, who who hasn't cut somebody up, you know? Just tell me
0: that. Well, here's a wild theory that I recently just saw on the internet. Now, I love theories; I think they're hilarious. But the wild theory is that um, so if you look at Carol Bassett's first husband,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he looks like Jeff, uh, the guy that bought um, Joe.
1: Oh, Jeff Low, yeah. Yeah, he looks like
0: Jeff Lowe when he was younger. So there's this theory that that was her first husband. That's how Jeff Love started loving tigers because she liked pets, and all this other all this other stuff. And like that's why Jeff was so gun ho to really get um, what um, Joe Exotic in jail.
1: <laughs> I like the theory just because it sounds interesting. It sounds like good TV. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if somebody's that money hungry, like her first husband apparently was, why? Especially if people saying like she hired him to take out Joe Exotic. Why would he give up this massive fortune that he had and leave it all to her? This this woman he apparently hates. Yeah. Because they were like getting into physical fights and shit. To take like a little pittance. I mean, th- that being said, everything seems to work out well for him. I mean, yeah. his new wife is hot as hell. Um, doesn't mind him sleeping around. You know, he gets oh yeah drives a fucking Ferrari. So, I
0: don't know. Maybe, maybe it makes uh, a certain kind of sense. I mean, uh, the way these people are on the show, it's crazy. But I, I do agree with you. I feel like the, the people that probably get hurt the most are... Joe Exotic, he was, it was a smart business move, but it was also a dumb business move. He would only hire people that had nothing. They were ex-convicts. They, they had nothing. They were drug addicts. He would basically hire them. They would make 100 bucks a week, and he would let them live on their property. You just gotta take care of the animals, so.
1: Yeah, and they were like eating out of expired meat bins from Walmart.
0: Yeah, I mean, so food he was a piece of shit. Oh yeah, completely, and um, uh, it just, it just, I don't know. That's sh- that that documentary just, you know, I left. There's two things that I got out of that documentary. One, like everyone else, I probably felt bad. Like, man, you know, I kind of never want to go to a zoo because I feel bad for these animals. Mm-hmm. I say that now, but in a year from now, I'm going to be like, man, if someone's like, hey, I got a free ticket to this safari. You want to go pet lions? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do.
1: (laughs) Well, I I just, my question, I guess, is there's a lot of shit out there right now. A lot of people just kind of like idolizing Joe Exotic. Oh, yeah. Making him out to be this great guy and everything. Where, Where do you think that comes from? Because like the documentary that I watched made him seem like a just a huge piece of shit, like a sexual predator. He treats his employees like shit. He doesn't care about the animals.
0: I think that it kind of this is gonna be is it just
1: because he's funny.
0: Well, here I'm gonna give you the answer, but I'm gonna give it to you in like a political way. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like I think people just admire people that are just so. I don't care, like, so, so he's so free, like, he's so, like, I'm gay, I'm broke, I'm running for president, then I'm running for governor, like, he, he just, like, he is, he, about him, he's, like, like, Oklahoma, probably, he, he, he is the face of those low to middle class folk that are, are just, like, so, you know, I, I always, there's just
1: weird, because, Oklahoma's like really really conservative. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's just it's just one of those things where okay, so I I'm not I, I stay out of politics, but I will say this. The people that follow Trump, they're so gung-ho about Trump. They're so in love with him, and obviously the man says some dumbass shit. So it's kind of the same thing with Joe Exotic. People just love the idea of him. They love so he's so out like out outgoing outright. like he's so weird that they overlook the fact that he probably killed, um, you know, tigers. He probably, you know, mistreated them so badly, and um, and he definitely wanted Carol Baskett Basket dead. I mean, there was no. <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: It's like I people keep talking about how the man got uh, he got framed or something like that, but I just I asked, you, did you watch the same fucking thing? <laughs> yeah. He's but, like, I want somebody to kill that bitch, Carol Baskins. <laughs> It's like he admits it right there and there. Yeah.
0: He's not he's not being fucking coy about it. No, I I agree 100%. He definitely, there's so much evidence against him that there was no way he was not going to go to jail for attempted, you know, trying to hire some of the murderer. But he also got, like, you know, 40, 40 to 50 more years because of something about animal cruelty. Because of, like, he interviewed other people and all this other stuff. Um, I mean, it's... It's sad what happens to the animals. It's sad that the animals are going through this whole thing, but it is must-see TV. That's, you, you gotta, it's yes. like, now the memes make sense when I'm looking at them. Now, you know, I, I'm starting to call my dog, her name's Bea, I call her Bea Exotic, because she's like a little corgi, and I'm like, oh my god, you're, <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, corgis are the Joe Exotic of dogs. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm thinking. <laughs> They are the queens. I mean, his one line. I mean, his music. Oh
1: my god, that that one, that one fat fuck, the guy who was a rat for like the FBI. Oh yeah. I gotta say that was a great line. But <laughs> yeah, he wanted to be the Tiger Queen.
0: <laughs> I mean, King. <laughs> yeah. yeah. he
1: caught himself a little bit too
0: late on that one. Oh man. Well, I think the best the best thing about that whole documentary. Well, it's sad, but it's all the outcome's amazing. Um, his husband, his nineteen year old husband. Um, which yeah, is he weird.
1: Really likes
0: young. Um, yeah, shoots himself, right? And then he's at the funeral, and this man gets up on the podium. And says, oh, I loved him. Blah blah blah. He used to put his balls in my face, <laughs> and everyone's seen his balls before in front of his parents, his family.
1: Yeah, in front of his fucking grieving yeah. mother. She's just standing there with just this look on her face. And
0: then he busts out, starts singing, <laughs> singing a song. Yeah. And I
1: Saying, think. I- you know, he, he wanted to support me and my political aspirations.
0: Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. But like, what the fuck's the matter with you?
0: That, yeah. So that's pretty much what I've been what I've been doing on quarantine. I've watched uh, Tiger King. <laughs> uh,
1: what yeah. a bizarre I, fucking show, man.
0: Well, I, um, I touch base. I won't talk too much about it, because I know you probably haven't seen this. But there was another good documentary that um, Kristen and I watched. It's called McMillions. And um, I touched base on my last podcast, so I won't talk too much about it. But it's basically someone stole some pieces, some Monopoly pieces from McDonald's back in two thousand one, and they um, cashed. They, you know, they it was they stole these million dollar pieces and they stole money from McDonald's. And um, I that's all I knew about it. And then when I watched the documentary, dude, it is crazy like it's not it, it started in 91 all the way up to 2003 this man's been stealing pieces of monobie pieces selling them to people for like 100 grand and then they're turning in these pieces for a million dollars and then the mob gets involved oh my god it's like a, a whole web i just thought it was a simple fbi search for this guy for years found him it's over no this is a fbi wasn't even looking for this person there was like some anonymous call about somebody getting angry, and it was like, "Oh my God, it's so crazy, so crazy you should watch it it's on it's an actually it's it's on HBO but right now Hulu's doing um free HBO TV shows on Hulu so that's what I
1: watched yeah I'll definitely give that a shot because I've been going through a documentary kind of recently yeah
0: yeah documentaries are they're pretty uh, they're pretty crazy um I've been trying to catch up on American Horror Story too. This uh this this eighty four this summer of the slasher kind of thing. Um with is the that any good? It's well I've only I'm only five episodes in, but it's a it's not an ep they're not episodes. It just seems like a long ass movie. Which is not bad. But it's basically like it starts immediately. It's it's literally like like if you watch Friday the thirteenth right now, that would be the first five episodes of this new season of American Horror Story. Just imagine, like, after someone dies, the credits roll, like it's the end of the episode. But then the next episode starts right after that. Like, there's no in between. It's still storming outside. People still running away from the slasher. Like, there's no in between or nothing. So, like, it's a continuous story. At least so far, I haven't really got. I haven't. You know, I'm only five episodes in, but uh, it's pretty good. It's graphic. It's uh, raunchy. It's an 80-84, you know, the Olympics were going on, so they're talking about sex and cocaine and stuff. Um, but it's a... Uh, I do hate that... The spoiler... Oh, are you going to watch it?
1: Um, Probably, but I'm not going to need any
0: spoilers. Oh, well, no. Well, you know who the killer is, like, right away. So, I think that's... The, I like the mystery of it, I wish they would have did that, but literally the first episode, you see the killer's face. But, so you're just like, oh. oh. So it's
1: just like, there's no mystery about it. Oh, no, story.
0: there's no mystery about it. There's no, like, hidden agenda. Well, at least right now, unless there's a big twist later. Which, American Horror Story usually has some weird things going on. So, we'll see what happens. So, um, okay, well.
1: As long as it's got graphic kills, I'll be fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, so, Griffin. You know, as I, yes, sit at, as I sit at home with my wife, and I'm just sitting here doing nothing, my daughter... Um, school's canceled. So my daughter's at home. Um, she gets therapy, you know, Monday through Friday. So she does get some outside, you know, engagement and stuff. But, um, my wife and I, she literally just brought up to me, you know, the whole idea of homeschooling, like the whole process of it. And I'm just sitting there like, man, it's so funny. Cause you know, I just found out that Griffin was homeschooled and we kind of briefly talked about it. And, and, um, I was always And it's me being naive as a public school person. I've always looked down upon people that want to homeschool. Because I always thought, like, oh, who's teaching them? Like, you know, does their mom really know more than what my teacher knows? You know, like... So I've always... And, you know, it's stupid of me now because there's more people homeschooled than ever. And now, with everything going on in the world, this might be a a permanent thing. You know, people... More people are going to be homeschooled than anything. (laughs) So... I wanted to kind of talk to you about homeschool. Like, when, you know, whose idea was to put you in homeschool? Why did you, you know, did you enjoy homeschool? Did you ever, you know, miss out on things? You know, just talk to me. Tell me your story of homeschool.
1: Uh, All right. Um, for starters, yeah. It, it was originally, it was my parents' call. Uh, I was in, I think, fourth grade at the time. Um, and we just they felt that we weren't getting a good enough public education. like the, And to this day, I still kind of feel like that's the, that's the case. CMS, God bless them, they're, they're improving a little bit. Mm-hmm. Bit by bit. But they're still like, it's not good. It's like, I think, the second worst public school system in the country. Which sucks because uh, university-wise, we have a lot of great universities, a lot of great colleges. I think we have like what's called the holy trinity there's a really great med school a good law school and then just a great like, wait cool there's there's university.
0: colleges that are homeschool
1: no 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 i'm talking oh. about uh, oh for north carolina. sure oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. okay okay yeah, right, the, sorry the public school system in north carolina is terrible oh yeah yeah colleges are amazing i yeah, mean <laughs> private institutions the universities are fantastic yeah um and none of us really understand why it's it's so bad because in reality, you know, there's all this money coming in. There's all these people. There's all this fresh blood coming down. We just can't attract quality teachers and the money. I'm not sure where it's going. Probably in somebody's pocket. Yeah. But it's not going into the school system. And they just eventually oh. felt this like, look, we're wasting our time here. Just throwing money down a hole. We're never going to get back. So let's go ahead. Let's homeschool. Let's get a better quality of education. We can decide what kind of education they're going to be getting, like what they're going to be learning, uh-huh. and they just fucking did. It. They pulled all three of us out of school, and uh, and we just kind of hopped right in with both feet. Now, um, was it
0: was it harder for you, like you know, since there was three of you, was one were, were one of you guys more receptive to it, were one of you guys like you know didn't like it? Was it harder for one of you than the other?
1: It was a lot easier for my younger sister because she didn't really have too big of a connection to school yet. Okay. Um, I just kind of like I went with it. You know, I've, to this day, I've always been just kind of like a, like a chill, like a vibing kind of guy. Just let it roll and let yeah, it roll. Hippie. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> my brother, he, he kind of struggled with it for a bit because he had a lot of friends in a public school. He had a lot of stuff to be left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, we kind of just all fell in with the program. It was very slapdash at first. It was very kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? This would be useful if I went to fucking school. Very... <laughs> very <But> I'm improvisational, <laughs> there we go. That's the word I was looking for. Um, it took us a while to find our footing. Because it's not just as simple as you gotta write a letter to the state saying, hey, we're homeschooling now. No, there's all these forms and shit. You get yeah. inc- like accredited as an institution mm-hmm. of higher learning. Um, you have to find, buy, and use a curriculum, and that's something I briefly alluded at the last time we talked about this. The curriculums available for low-income homeschooling are either very inadequate or they have some kind of agenda behind them. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, fringe beliefs like fringe offshoots of Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, yeah. all this shit. Yeah. That use <clears throat> the textbooks as like a it feels kind of like a loaded word to say propaganda, but that's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to inoculate you with their worldview. Um eventually that's what we kinda had to go with because it's all we could afford. There was this very, very I think it was, it was either like Christian scientists or one of those other like very fringe Christian offshoots. Well, science, cl- um, science
0: class must have sucked because, you know, the whole, yeah, evolu- the whole evolution part of science that you have to learn. Well, you don't have to learn, but that you should learn about. They're probably like scratching that out of their curriculum. <laughs>
1: like, God. Let me put it this way. Um, my science textbook, if I can ever track it down again, it's like in a box somewhere. But it literally says on the on the page with evolution on it. It says, you know, evolution is not real. It's, you know, God created all the animals and all the all the things and to say that something would need to evolve would be to, you know, be talking shit about God's plan and stuff, saying he doesn't know what he's doing and stuff, but legally we have to teach it to you anyway. Wow. So in order to pass the test, here's what you need to know.
0: Man. I'm sure it's changed by now, but that's crazy.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> like, all right. I'm sure, I'm sure there's been like some parent has probably been like, uh, "Yeah, this isn't right," and created their own curriculum.
1: <laughs> no, you gotta, you gotta understand, dude. Um, a lot of, it's very expensive to write and print all these different books. Wow. That you need. Like, it's, it's like by grade, you know, so every single grade, you need a new book per subject. Some of them need multiple books. It's expensive to print all this shit, which is why school books are so expensive. Not college wise, of course. I mean, $200 for a fucking textbook is ridiculous, uh-huh. but, uh, well, you know, that's usually the that, like the,
0: but, but, go ahead. But, but, yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say that kind of bring, I, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about the cost. Like,
1: yeah, so the, a lot of times the only people who are willing to use, who are willing to take on that cost are either tax, like deductible expenses, like yeah. for churches and stuff, uh-huh. um, or people who have enough money to give that they don't mind using it for their agenda, essentially, um, which is what happens a lot of the time. These these like well, I don't want to say cults, but that's uh-huh. basically what they are. Um, I... Also find that they're very closely intertwined with like states' rights movements, which is why you were wondering why it hasn't changed yet, why it hasn't been like legislated or anything like that. Yeah. The idea has always been like it falls to the parents to make that call for their kids, you know. It's like, oh, if you don't like it, just, you know, get another textbook, get another curriculum. Nobody mentions the fact that you can't afford the real ones, like the legit school book curriculums, man. That's like thousands of dollars a year per child. For wow. the books, for the materials, the tests—it's super expensive to, to educate kids. So you just got to be sitting there, and be like, "Hey, just an FYI, this is a bunch of bullshit." But you know, it's what we need to teach you. You know, so this is all we can afford. So when it says this, like, "Oh, evolution isn't real" or something like that, you got to understand that's bullshit.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it was
1: actually a great. Introduction and a really great education in, like, selective biases and learning to recognize loaded language, where someone's trying to get you to feel a certain kind of way just by the way that they phrase things, the way things are framed. It well, was very informative.
0: Well, you know, but you know, um, thinking about it, like as you're speaking about the whole homeschool thing and just, just the, uh, you know, like back in. Leonardo da Vinci days like back in like the old times and stuff they they didn't I'm sure he did not go to a public school I'm sure that he was either self taught or he was homeschooled now thinking about it like and I don't know why I never thought of this I never thought of this until speaking to you today in 2020 about this like I mean what did people do before there was public schools like what did people do before then I mean they pretty much taught themselves how to write and read or someone or an uncle who knew how to do it taught them or you know and and they've exceeded I mean look at Albert Einstein I mean I'm sure he went to a university and things like that but like there's people way before him like Socracy or you know Julius Caesar I mean these are people that changed the face of history but was probably only taught how to read, you know, Latin or how to, or how to write it, and that's it. Nothing else. So it's like, well, that's crazy. I, I didn't even think about that. Like I always assumed that you know, homeschool. Like I said in the beginning, homeschool was this. I looked down upon them, but then again, it's like, you know, so many famous contributors to this world were probably homeschool.
1: Back before there was public school, essentially. <clears throat> education would be something that the rich were allowed to have and no one else like all the all the names you mentioned they came from extremely affluent backgrounds so they were capable of not only homeschooling but of hiring outside tutors okay of bringing in all these like experts and professors and stuff to teach all these kids all this shit. Um, public school was primarily; it was almost like welfare. Essentially, it was it was brought in so that the lesser people could be educated as well, because the more educated electorate was a more financially prosperous electorate. Um, and then, of course, you run into the problem of they also want like little irritating things like rights and yeah. the ability to vote and shit like that. Horrible things.
0: Well, re- um, religion will rule the world no matter what. Everything is re- driven by religion. Like, I mean, sadly, it's been like that for thousands and thousands of years. So, yeah.
1: Well, it do, it doesn't necessarily have to be sadly. I think, um, even though I'm not particularly religious myself, I think mm. religion provides a useful comfort for people. It yeah. gives them structure in their lives. It gives them purpose. That's true. Um, even though I don't have a use for it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's pointless. That's know? true. That's so true. If, if somebody else gets that that satisfaction if it keeps them from like skinning hookers and stuff like that <laughs> fine fuck it go for it knock yourself out i got no problem with that
0: um so Just... what so while you're learning homeschool like you know you you're you're still writing reading obviously you're still taking math science you know did you i mean like do you have like a did you still do like the normal stuff like did you take did you well i guess you didn't have to take gym because you knew what playing outside was, um, but did you like take like a, a foreign language? Did you, you know, these are things that are like, you know, sex education. I mean, I mean, these are things that we were forced to pretty much have to do at least one year in school. Did you have to do this stuff, or was it like when you got to it? When you got into eighth grade, would you just look at your mom or or your dad and just say, "I want to learn Japanese. Teach me Japanese," <laughs> like?
1: No, we we couldn't afford it. Okay. Um, oh, it goes back to the book. Yeah. yeah, electives were another book, another curriculum, another yearly expense. Mm-hmm. So we learned, like, the base, the smallest bit that we could to get us to pass, basically. Anything else, it was like, look it up in the library. We can't afford it. Okay. Um. So it was actually, it was almost kind of nice. in And it's, it taught me to be self-reliant for my own education. Like, I don't have to wait to learn something in school. It's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just go to the library and learn about it, or I'll, I'll read a book, Yeah. You know, I'll look it up. Um, I, I guess that's a positive way of looking at it, you know? And, and to this day, if I'm interested about something, fuck it, I'll Google it real quick, and I'll look it up. You know, it's it might be something I just heard briefly in conversation. Like, there was this one stupid asshole I was walking by one time, and he said, it insists upon itself. And that's such a stupid phrase. I wanted to turn around and just slap him across the face. But it intrigued me. So I went and looked it up. And it was just as stupid as I thought. I completely wasted my time. But the idea that I was interested enough to look it up, I don't know. I've learned so much shit just by, like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me check it out. You know, I, yeah. I don't think people learn that kind of that natural curiosity in public school. Because all the education, all the information is right there in front of them. You sit down in a desk and you're saying, "This is what you have to learn before we can let you leave today." You know, so you get used to being spoon-fed what you're supposed to learn. You're not supposed to be like, "Oh, well, if you don't learn this, then you're fucked." You know, you lose the you lose the test. You got to stay home during summertime. Learn off all this shit. Nah, it's a waste of time. Okay, I got no use for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it. It sound. I mean, you know, I think there's benefits in both. But well, obviously, I'm on one side and you're on the other. But, like, just hearing your side, like, it does sound like, um, there was a, there was a stupid, cheesy comedy that came out many years ago, maybe 10, 13 years ago. It was called Acceptance. It had, um, what is his name? Oh, my God. Uh, he was in that movie Waiting. He was in Dodgeball, like. I'm trying to think what other comedy movies he was in. Justin Long, that's his name. He was in Jeepers Creepers. And um but he he played this movie where like he he couldn't get into college, so he created a college. And by the end of the co- you know, by the end of it like you know, the state was trying to sue him saying you can't create a college, you need to do this, this, you need to have curriculums, you need to have this, blah blah. blah. And he he told them he's like everyone does what they want to do. Like if I want to learn how to cut wood, I'll take a, I'll just sign up and be like, listen, I'm going to read a book and I'm going to teach myself how to cut wood and I'm going to teach others how to cut wood. And that's kind of, you know, so to me, what you're saying, I mean, that's kind of enticing. It's kind of, it's kind of cool to be able to control your own destiny than me. You know, I went to public school and I was forced, I had to learn this. I had to do, I had to take drama. I had to take, you know, I had to take weight training. I had to take all this weird stuff that really doesn't, like, to me, I never use algebra, but yet I had to take algebra. <laughs> like, these are things in life that I don't think I'll ever use, but I, I had to take it. But you were taught stuff that you probably use every day to this day. And if you wanted to exceed it, you know, you would just do it. That's, that, I, I can see that being enticing. I think the thing that concerns me and me and my wife are talking about it, you kind of said it right on the nail, is the money. I never knew how much you know, because I went to public school, free school. Well, it's not free; taxpayer pays for it. But I went to a school where I didn't. I just worried about my two dollars for lunch every day. I didn't really worry about anything else. So the fact that, like, you know, it's a lot of money. <laughs> like, I mean, it's kind of scary. But is it beneficial? What do What do you think? Do you do you? Th- if you had to do it all over again, would you want to do public school, or would you? Do you like the idea of being homeschooled?
1: I don't know, because I feel like a lot of who I am and the person I became was like predicated on the education I received on the way I was raised. So I don't know how I would have changed if I would have gone to public school. Um, But a couple of negatives to offset the positives. Um, Socialization is really, really hard when you're in like homeschool. Mm -hmm. It's hard to meet new people and you don't really get socialized much. You don't really go out and do much of anything. Um, so I really struggled when I got out of, about on my own, meeting people and realizing that, yeah, you can't really say that, you know, because somebody will punch you in the fucking head. Um, <sighs> socialization is a problem. Money is a problem. Yeah. And then the amount of effort it takes to teach somebody may not want to learn oh god you have to you got to be there constantly like it is a full-time job you cannot work and teach at the same time it doesn't work um yeah
0: how did did, like your parents like separate that like how did they separate the fact that like you know you guys are just going to the grocery store but let's count our abcs while we're here like you know like is it one of those things where it's like you're because your parents were your teachers correct correct so like uh, and
1: then how did they
0: separate that from being a parent or being a teacher was there on and off switch <laughs> like
1: there were a lot of what they like to call teachable opportunities oh, okay. when we were out and about um but then when 2008 hit we got hit really really hard and uh they had to go back to work and so it basically fell to us kids to educate ourselves yeah um like, here's your school books here's the work you got to get done for the day uh, good luck bud <sighs> so if you are unable to financially and emotionally commit to being full-time teachers for the next like easily eight to ten years yeah then I would not recommend homeschooling well yeah after
0: uh, meet after meeting you talking to you and you being on this podcast, um, your parents did a great job because, like, clearly um, just the way you speak I mean, obviously, you know portrays, uh, you know, you you are only as good as the person who teaches you so, like, you can always right. tell, like you know, we, we used to say that in, in public school, like, you're only as good as your teacher, like, your teacher can only impact you in a certain way, so, you know either your parents impacted you so well or your siblings did well toward you, but I think they did a good job, Griffin. You're uh, you're oh, pretty you're well, pretty you. you're pretty shabby. There's my comment for the day.
1: <laughs> they didn't do too bad. That's well. Turned out all right, yeah. but it's just it's, it's going to be a rocky road. Yeah. That's that's what I would say is that it's not going to be easy. Um, if well, you feel that the quality of education I receive is better to the point where it's worth all the effort, because it's going to be a lot of fucking effort. Well, then, it, yeah, I'd say sure, go for it.
0: It's a little tough in our situation. Um, I think the biggest thing that brings it up is because she's uh, my daughter is you know is, is on the autism spectrum, so she needs constant constantness, and in public school you tend to fall in line. You know you are never you're never the shining one. You're always, you know, there's always that teacher's pet. There's always that class clown me. Um, and there's always that you know, but there's never. But you still fall in line. You're still a number. You're another brick in the wall. You know Pink right. Floyd, <laughs> um, but but so that's 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 our concern. You know her being special, her being you know needing that extra attention. And now so many more kids are special needs. Back then, you know she would get that attention, but now as we get older in the society that we live in, it's just getting a little bit tougher. Like we're having some arguments right now, or let's just say conversations with the public school that she goes to, and it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where it's like. You know, maybe you know my wife stays home. My wife has a bachelor's degree. That means you know she went to co- she went to a four year college, like you know, so she knows enough to possibly teach someone. But the problem is she's autistic, so it's kind of like how is she retaining the information? You know, so we we've we've went back and forth. Um, but the biggest thing is that financial thing. because You just don't you really don't know. I don't know. So.
1: Hey, Either have... way, it's going to be a bit of a money sink. Well,
0: um, do you have any questions about public school? Because <laughs> I, I can tell you how that shit went.
1: <laughs> uh, just, well, I mean, dude, the the public school that we grew up with is like nothing like the public school these days. It's there's even more kids, there's even less teachers, mm-hmm. and the teachers that are left they're getting paid even less. Yeah, you know. I remember my parents talking about how public school was when they were kids. And it's like, yeah, but that's kind of like nothing of how it is these days. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, social media. The internet killed public school because, like, cyberbullying became a bigger thing. Um, People committing suicide. People just doing all these weird things, judging people by their looks and things like that. Um, And then phones in classroom. Luckily, my generation, we did not have phones in the classroom. Now, Phones are around. Uh, cell phones did were out when I was in high school, but no one really had a cell phone. And if they did, no one called them besides like your friends, but they're only you know they're in class with you. so it's like <laughs> like you can't really text. There was no texting plans back then. Um, right. but you know I my my biggest thing about I think the only thing public school did for me, and I think a lot of people can speak for that, it made me outgoing. It made me. It made me realize that there's good people in the world and there's shitty people in the world. Fast. Now, if I want, if I was homeschooled, there's—I mean, I'm sure I would learn that there's good people in the world and bad people in the world. But when you go to public school, there's people that you that prey upon the weak, and there's people that you know are the people that prey, that are the weak that you know just fold up. I mean, you learn more about people when you're in public school than that—at least that I think—than homeschool but is that true like do you...
1: you you definitely learn about the darker side of humanity a lot earlier in public school because uh, I was I was bullied I was treated like shit <clears throat> when I was a kid in uh, public school it's another reason kind of like why we decided to get out um, so I learned that lesson very early on uh, I I don't know because my parents made it made like a very made a point of saying, hey, you know, there's some really shitty people out there. Just an FYI, just a heads up. They make sure to kind of get that lesson out there early on. Like, mm-hmm. don't trust anybody. Yeah. Basically, like a little, be a little bit paranoid. Um. I guess that's, just, that's that's a good point. If you decide to homeschool, it falls to you to basically like imbue the life lessons that life and society would otherwise do on their own. Yeah. That falls to you.
0: I think. I think there should be a hybrid. If this makes sense. I think there should be there should be I think okay. <laughs> I'm I'm literally just coming up with this as we speak. I think there should be hybrids. I think there should be like half homeschool, half regular school. I think um you know, you should there's certain things that you should experience in life, which is um the the ups and downs of being in public constantly every day, forced to be in public. Forced to wear clothes that you don't want to wear because it's a it's a lesson. Now, with that said, I also think that you shouldn't be forced to, you know, not be able to control your own education. And I think homeschool you can control your education to an extent. Like you can, you know, obviously there's a there's a plan, but you can, you know, even in school, like okay, I learned about algebra, but algebra is probably so much more than what I learned in my hour long class (laughs) than then um i can only fathom so clearly if i wanted to learn more about this algebra 2 3 ap there's so many different algebra classes but like i don't know it's
1: just
0: i don't know this is a tough
1: tough topic i think the problem with public school is that it's meant to provide information it's not meant to grow a passion um so as far as hybrids go my recommendation would be continue to stick around with public school um Make sure that she gets the education that she needs, but if she shows a certain passion for a subject or a certain type of information, you can nurture that and help it grow outside of a public setting. Like either supplementary classes, something you want to teach her yourself. Like I didn't go to a fucking wood shop in public school. Obviously, I I left when I was in the fourth grade. Um, mm-hmm. But my father did a lot of woodworking. Yeah, and I took up a serious passion for it. So he's like, "Hey, sure, come on up to the shop. I'll show you how it works," you know. And he and he walked me through how to like work the lathe and how yeah. to like use chisels and shit like that. Well, that's, that's how it, I recommend, dude. That's it's how uh, it. That's
0: how. That's how it should be, though. That's how this country was founded. That's how like their father or their mother it can be a mother teaches you how to. Do you know, my wife had my wife was saying like um she doesn't really know how to cook because her mom didn't really cook too much. My grandmother who's as southern as, as anything, um, she she taught me how to season. She taught me how to cook. So because of her, I love cooking. I, I enjoy cooking. So like, and then, you know, my father, I didn't really spend too much time with, but my grandfather, he talked to me about sports. I didn't know anything about sports until I moved into my grandparents' house. And my grandfather was like, what, you don't know what baseball is? Let me tell you about baseball. Let me tell you about some football. You know, so like, I think your father teaching you how to, you know, whittle a, a knife <laughs> like i think that's like that's 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 how it should be like if you ever have kids griffin i mean i hope you teach them stuff uh, obviously they're going to be amazing cooks i'm tired of seeing those damn breads you make jesus
1: <laughs> well that, that would be that i think that would be like the ultimate eye if you know i i do plan on eventually having some children yeah um, or at least a child would it be something they're like yeah i just i don't want to i don't want to cook I just I want to like eat fucking box bellita, or I'll let the the person I marry cook for me and stuff. That's how my brother is. Wow. You know the man he he's perfectly capable of cooking good. Like uh, he's the few times that he does cook things, he turn out pretty good. He just doesn't find any passion in it. To him, it's just a job. It's just like this is I do this so I can eat. Yeah. Uh, but his his wife is an amazing cook. She's even better than me. So he said, man, I'm lucky. I just got to make sure I don't fuck this up. <laughs> I just, I eat what she Ocean, tells, what, what she brings me, and just say it's amazing, because it always is, <laughs> and then she keeps cooking. That's It's amazing.
0: That's a, that's a, yeah, that's, I think that's our only job as husbands, is not to fuck this up. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, just like, just don't
1: talk unless you have to, and then don't say something stupid. That's a good way of good way go about it. It's served me well so far.
0: Wow, wow. Um. Okay, I just, yeah, that's good. I mean, I've always wanted to know some stuff about uh, homeschooling, and I know you had that experience, and uh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so before we go, I wanted to, ta- uh, I wanted to tell you some stuff. Uh, what, what were you going to say? Up? You were going to say something?
1: You go right ahead. I don't know. It's just like, it's just like a, a one-off thing about, like, you know, just as long as you show an interest in your child's education, whether it's homeschool or public school, you, you go out of your way to nurture their educational development. Like oh, if you see them struggling my... in math, sit down with them. God, I pop open a textbook. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like, hey, you know, this this shit doesn't make any fucking sense to me either. Let's kind of work through it.
0: Yeah, you know, so I got to... you know, um, I don't have so my mom didn't really raise me. I don't have a lot of, I think, fond memories of me being with my mom. The only thing that I remember doing an activity with my mother. Uh, well, I remember a couple of things, but one thing that really, um you know, involves this whole schooling is she used to be in the tub and the door would be closed. And then I used to sit outside the door and she'd be like, read me, um, you know, Dr. Seuss. Read me the book. So I would read it to her. And if I couldn't say a word, I would spell it for her and she would say it for me. Um. So, uh, you know, I, I always remember that. That that impacted me. So, like, because of that, I was always invested. Like, I love stories. I love reading because of that, because of that good thing. And uh, But other than that, they never really... I remember one day I I came home from school and I did my homework at school, and she was just like you're not doing your homework and she beat me. <laughs> I remember my I crying my eyes out, and then she looked through my books and my homework was done. She was like, "Oh, I'm sorry."
1: Yeah. So, so these
0: are man. reasons why I live with my this is these are reasons why my grandparents took me in. But um, yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, th- that's the other memory I have. of her. Um, but,
1: uh, you were almost getting, you were very positive for a minute. It's like, oh, that's, that's sweet. Oh, you can't be happy.
0: This is life. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Speaking of reading though, this is a great segue into this. Um, so a long time ago, probably about over a year ago when you were first on the podcast, we were talking about horror movies. You talked about a great horror book. My best friend, Ryan, I've told you many times, he, he was inspired. He picked up the book. He just talked to me a couple of days ago. He's like, "Man, I'm about to read this book. I'm finally getting around to it because he's been unemployed." <laughs> so he's like, I'm, "I'm about to read this book." So I told him I was doing a podcast with you, and he was like, "I'll tell Griffin I'm about to read this book." He recommended you a book. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of the Donner Party?
1: Oh, is he talking about the Hunger?
0: No. Well, it's not that it's not called the Hung the Hunger, um, but there's a story. It's called well the Donner Party. There is a um, I'm going to look up the name of this book, he's going to kill me if I don't remember it. Um it's okay, called The Infinite that's... Stars Above. Hmm. Um so the Infinite
1: that... Stars Above. Yes, that's my phone. I'll look
0: that up. It's a um I think that's yeah, that's definitely what it's called. It's a uh, it's about the the frontier time. There was a group of people moving from the East Coast to the West Coast and it was like a group of like 86 people, but on their travels, they um they ve- they developed into cannibalism. And they just started eating people, <laughs> but it's a it's a uh, and he was you know that's pretty much the, the synopsis. There's a tragedy. How how they survived as a community mm-hmm. from the east coast to the west coast that long two month walking journey to the to California. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about this. I recently just listened to a po- podcast episode, and they're kind of talking about the like the horror stories of the Donner Party. That's what it's called. It's a group of individuals called the donners and you know that's why they called the donner party but they would kill all these people on the way so yeah
1: yeah yeah dude i um well that's where i thought it was going there was this book i actually picked up called the hunger by alma katsu and it's like a fictional version of of what you're talking about about the uh-huh. donner party um so i read about it one time and it was fascinating just these yeah people you know it's like that that one story about the um the soccer team that crashed up in the Andes or something, or the Himalayas, and they had to cannibalize to survive. Just the, the the thought of being pushed that far, it's like, if we don't eat these people, we fucking die. Yeah. Like, that shit's crazy to me. But I, where I thought you were going with that, and why I kind of burst out laughing, is because I thought you were going to say, yeah, you know, a year and a half later, he finally decided to read the book, and he said it fucking sucked. <laughs> you, would that be something? <laughs> no. no.
0: Hold on, my daughter's screaming. She's just a little upset. Um, yeah, so basically... Yeah, she must have read the book. But no, that's a good note to end on. But no, he hasn't read it yet, so I'll update you when he reads it. Well, I'm, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that back. He listens to audiobooks. He doesn't read, but, you know, he still listens to a lot of audiobooks because he's been trying to get me to listen to some audiobooks. So, <laughs> he used to read. I used to make fun of him because in high school, it was like, Man, why are you reading this book? I only read it because I had to. <laughs> so,
1: no, I, I, I thought about getting into audiobooks I like the idea of it, but I just I can't get into it, man. Just the idea of sitting there and somebody else is like is reading the story to you. Like their inflections, the tone of their voice is completely different from mine. Like I put yeah. too much emphasis on weird ass words.
0: Well, I, I, I get it. Bec- I get it. I mean, I like it because I'm lazy, but I also understand what you're coming from because it's like. You want to be able to get inside your head. It's your voice. It's everything about you. That's what makes you connect to the book. The audio version of it. Yeah, you listen to it, and you can do other things, and you you might retain it, but it it doesn't. it's there's not that connection to the book, yeah, yeah, it's not the connection. So, but on that note, I'm gonna get off here. Um, any uh, last words for you?
1: Damn, I'm Here trying to think of something different besides fuck
0: your own. <laughs> Um Fuck Doc Antle, I guess. Oh, That's Jesus. Basket. <laughs> Carol Basket did it. Yeah. If you guys love and like what you just heard, please like and share us. Go to our Facebook page or Instagram page or Twitter page, all at Couch on Fire Podcast. Um, we couldn't do this without you guys' support, and we want to continue doing this because we do love and cherish Everything we say and everything we do. And uh, thank you guys for everything. And I will see you next episode.